and welcome to Managing Failures, a podcast to discuss failures made by managers, how they learn from them, and how they corrected for them. Today, my guest is uh, John Scarborough. Uh, hello, John. How are you doing? Good. And yourself? Good. So, John, why don't you, uh, to start things off here, why don't we uh, hear a little bit about you and what you've been up to, what your current role is? Um, yeah, so um, uh, these days I'm a CTO at a company called OmniLocal. Uh, we do uh, what's called hyperlocal advertising and uh, foot traffic attribution. Um, and it's just uh, the latest in a long list of uh, uh, technology leadership uh, going back 38 years. So um, have uh, have seen and done lots of different things. So uh, hopefully we'll be able to share a few uh few nug- share a few nuggets along the way <clears throat> yeah that's awesome that's awesome it's it's always good to have a storied history it feels like uh <laughs> no matter where you go anymore uh people have had a lot of roles and a lot of different kind of hats that they wear so uh hopefully we'll we'll get a good takeaway here so i'm i mean uh with that being said let's kind of get right into it so you know what we're really trying to do here is you know, have some examples of failures or times that you've done something that hasn't worked out necessarily the same, the way that you would have expected it to and, and how you kind of experienced that and, and how you grew from that. So do you have any examples for us that you, you might like to share or uh, maybe a couple? It sounds like you've you've had a quite the, quite the history here in the management chain. So it would be great to learn from that. Um, <clears throat> so, um... My my career um, kind of is is divided in a couple of uh, uh, in in one unique way. Um, and uh, after college, uh, where I was thinking about, it, I wanted to be a, a high school math teacher, uh, coach high school basketball. After doing my student teaching, I realized that uh, high school uh, teaching was not going to be my cup of tea. <laughs> so I got into uh, uh, college uh, uh, basketball coaching, and um, you know, at the time, and and I think a lot of people do this in their leadership journey, is you emulate somebody, uh, you find somebody that uh, boy, you know, I really like that person. Uh, they're just a great leader. I really enjoy working for them, and and you emulate their behavior. Uh, coaching's no different. I mean, uh, if all you have to do is you know watch college or um, you know the pro uh, uh, pro game, and and you'll see it's like everybody just keeps copying everybody. <laughs> Somebody else was successful doing uh, a certain thing, and everybody just copies that. And so in my day, uh, the uh, kind of the pinnacle of coaching was Bob Knight, uh, who's the uh, the coach at uh, Indiana University. And, you know, I, I don't want to disparage uh, uh, such a great coach, but I think most people would, would believe that uh, the philosophy was you, you lead by fear and intimidation. Uh, if anybody's ever uh, watched uh, uh, games uh, or practices of Bob Knight, I mean, you know, he's just in people's faces and it was a lot of fear and intimidation. And so, you know, that's how I started out coaching. I, I thought that's what leadership was about. Um, sure. and, um, you know, after, uh, uh, coaching several years, it became clear that's not the best path. And, um, you know, I, I had, uh, uh, growing up in our family, um, 
always hearing about the golden rule. Uh, do unto others as you want them to do unto you. And, and, and so, you know, when you take that in context of, of leading by fear and intimidation, um, I didn't like <laughs> getting that. Um, so, you know, I, I wasn't uh, being a very good steward of the golden rule. Um, and so I think that was, you know, probably, uh, you know, the first kind of, of failure that, you know, just self-recognizing uh, that's not the path forward um, and making that adjustment. Um, and, and it's just something, you know, that, that I've taken forward uh, through all the years uh, on how I, uh, you know, treat my teams, uh, how I treat my coworkers, uh, is just always apply the golden rule. And, and I think that's a, uh, a good takeaway for anybody. Um, and sometimes it feels a little forced, you know, when, when you're um, always thanking somebody, uh, you're asking for input, uh, you're, uh, uh, you know, giving credit for work accomplished. Um, okay. You know, I mean, you're given a gift. And sometimes it's hard to receive a gift and your subordinates may um not be really sure like what what's this guy doing why am i getting all of this uh you know this this nice uh nice behavior um and you know part of leadership uh is that emulation and as you exhibit those behaviors uh that's when uh you know your team members are it's going to be contagious they're going to start picking it up and they're going to emulate that same behavior and so i think you know again just to you know back to the failure part um uh you know where we all try to emulate uh somebody in our leadership um uh, experience uh have have the ability to self-recognize um yeah. and uh make that course correction. In my case, you know, uh, fear and intimidation via the Bob Knight, uh, uh coaching methodology was clearly the wrong, uh, wrong path. And, uh, by applying the golden rule, uh, you know, I, I, I look back at, at a lot of the uh, things that my teams have been able to accomplish over the years. And, uh, I think we, we got a lot more done, um, and, uh, had a lot of people uh, satisfied in their jobs. Uh, you know, in comparison, being unhappy and wanting to leave all the time. Yeah, no, I think that's a that's a great takeaway. Uh, did you? I mean, uh, you didn't throw any chairs or anything, did you? I mean, I hear that gets you into some trouble. Well, uh, believe it or not, I kicked one. Uh, it, 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 was, um, it was staged. It, it was a it was a holiday tournament, and uh, uh, we were in the championship game. And the team was playing horrible and uh, I needed to get, you know, the player's attention. So I told my assistant, I go, go set, they were these, you know, th those old uh, kind of, of aluminum steel folding chairs. Sure. So I told them, uh, uh, go sit down in one right in the front uh, in the locker room. So nobody takes that seat. And when I come in, get up. So, it, so there's nobody sitting in it. And um, and then as I was delivering whatever the message was at halftime, uh, I drop kicked the chair and, and and it got their attention and they came out the second half and and just you know stomped on and and we you know we won the game, um, 
So it, it was a stage thing, but again, it was, it, you know, it was from fear and intimidation. Uh, and that's sure. probably not the, uh, the path to take. Yeah. You know, I think that that's, that's really interesting. I've, uh, I kind of had an experience similar to that, not the fear and intimidation necessarily, but, uh, kind of that golden rule, uh, kind of in my own career early on, I took over this team and I think that they were pretty well micromanaged and they had a lot of, uh, I think, uh, some fear regarding that and, and kind of, you know, what was expected from them and what would happen if they didn't reach those marks. And, and then they were never really celebrated when they were to accomplish a goal. And it was really very interesting to see how the team responded when you started to recognize even the small, you know, the small things that they were successful on, right? Um, you're really celebrating those small wins and really, you know, showing that you do appreciate the work that they're doing and, and, and how they're, you know, they're, they're accomplishing, you know, what you've set out for them or what they've set out for themselves. So yep. no, I, yeah, I think that's, I think that's a great takeaway. I, I definitely have noticed that in my own, my own career as well. So um, do you have any, are there any like hard set rules or, or fast and true rules that you kind of have set for yourself or guidelines that you've set for yourself to just kind of deliver that across the, uh, across your career, I mean, you've worked for many different companies, and I'm assuming when you when you walk into roles, um, you know, you're reestablishing yourself into those roles. Is there like some like specific, I don't want to say template, but a specific set of things that you do in order to to kind of exhibit that throughout your career? No, I mean, it, it, you, you've got to be true and honest to yourself. I mean, it, it you know, trying to fake that is not going to work, right? Um, sure. So if it's not in your heart. Uh, it's, it's, uh, it's not going to go anywhere. <laughs> yeah. You know, pe people can, uh, can smell, uh, you know, people faking it pretty quick. So, um, I, I was fortunate, I, you know, I, I had great, uh, role models and, you know, my, uh, mother and father. Uh, and so, um, it was, uh, pretty inbred. So, um, wasn't that hard coming into a, you know, a new position, uh, new company, um, you know, and again, I think a lot of it comes back to, um, uh, there, there's a, a term I uh, use, which is uh, leadership by decision making. Hmm. And, you know, you come into a, a new position and a new company. And if you are mandating, like, you know, hey, everybody, you know, again, it's it's kind of that fear intimidation. I'm I'm telling you, I'm I'm directing you, you have to do A, B, and C. Um, but in fact, uh everybody wants to be able to make a decision from the you know, the person at the bottom of the totem pole to the person at the top. And it's it's making sure that people understand uh what decisions they're allowed to make. And then letting sure. them make them. Now, when it comes to setting a budget, you're not going to have a you know a, a you know first year software developer you know creating the departmental budget. Right? Sure, but sure. If you communicate you know, to let them know, here's what decisions you can make. So, in the case of a, a, a you know a first line developer, look, you get to write the algorithm. You get to, you know to write the code. You know, I, I mean, you it, that's your job. Um, you make those decisions. When it comes to the budget, 
That's my job. You know, I'll make that decision, but you get to make those. And when they have that autonomy, and again, if, if you're coming at it, you know, taking the golden rule, um, you're just communicating. You're letting people know. And um, uh, they feel happy. They feel engaged. They feel like, you know, I, I have a, a piece of the pie because I get to make decisions on, you know, whatever those particular elements may be. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a, that's absolutely true. I mean, the more engaged a team is, uh, the more willing they are to work towards a goal, right? So uh, I guess in, in that kind of vein, how do, you, how do you allow or how do you share with the team kind of what's expected of them or, or what they can do versus what they can't? I mean, uh, it's not so much role setting. I mean, they know their roles, they're a developer, they're you know, a, a manager, whatever. But how do you kind of allow them to guide their own destiny? So, you know, quote unquote, um, and, you know, then at the same time, draw a line in the sand and say, you know, we can't go past this point. This needs to be discussed by a, by a higher up. Um, I, I mean, I think, it, you know, the, the, the team, you're going to come up with whatever that laundry list is, right? Mm-hmm. So obviously, um, you know, hiring, we need to hire somebody. Well, somebody has to be the one who says yes or no. <laughs> right. Um and so, you know, having those conversations about all the different, you know, day-to-day tasks and things that go about, um, you, you'll come to a, a joint conclusion on that. I mean, I, you know, I know when, when you know, in my career, when uh, I was told, I, here's what you get to decide, but you don't get to decide these things. Mm-hmm. It, I mean, it just, it made everything clear. Um, sure. And, and I, I felt... I had a place. I was wanted. I was needed, you know, in a certain uh, certain vein. And so, just passing that on—that's how I like to be treated. So the golden rule is: let me <laughs> treat others the same way. Right. And so you have those same conversations with all of your team, and and uh, you know, the, the, I I can't prescribe to you ahead of time. I mean, obviously, budget, hiring. You know, I mean, there's certain things that are, are easy to define, but each department is going to have uh, you know, different things. If you're in a marketing department, somebody's going to have to uh, 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 develop creatives and the marketing messaging and, you know, versus technology, somebody has to decide what kind of server do I want? Do I want serverless technology? Uh, somebody's going to be in QA. Uh, how do I do QA? You, you know, you're, you've had a long uh, history in um, uh, uh, the uh, uh, DevOps uh, area and, um, you know, what tools do I use? Well, who gets to decide what tools to use? And I mean, every department's going to have a laundry list and you just have to work those out and come to an agreement. Um, so how do you, I mean, you, you preach golden rule. And I think that, uh, I mean, I, there's a, there's a, <laughs> there's a lot of things that that will deliver for a team, obviously. Um, but how do you deal with those individuals either above you or uh, uh, or like direct reports that don't necessarily kind of follow that mindset? How do you do you how do you either, you know, guide them or, or how do you kind of work with them, even though they don't really necessarily exhibit kind of the same attitudes? Um, I mean, if you've had kids, you know, you have to just keep uh, reinforcing it day after day after day. And uh, sure. 
at some point they fall in line. Okay. Fair enough. Okay. Uh, so not to, not to, uh, go too far back in this, but I mean, you said you were a teacher and a basketball coach and how did you get into, you know, it? And I mean, how did you get to the position you are now? That seems like a quite the road. I, I, um, I listened to my mother. Uh, (laughs) Fair enough. and, And, uh, I think she was worried about me being a basketball coach. She says, you know, you really ought to get into technology, which, um, you know, in the early 80s was quite a statement uh, for, you know, a mom to make. Uh, thankfully, I did. I, I went on and got a master's degree um, uh, in um, in technology and, and uh, computer science. And um, and there there's a point in, in coaching where, um, uh, having your, your, um, uh, mental, uh, health depending upon a bunch of 18 year olds, uh, perform out <laughs> on a basketball court became detrimental. So, um, I, it, it, it coincided at the same time. My, my father passed away. That was 1989. Uh, he had just announced his retirement and, um, but he, he uh, he passed away within uh, four months. He had uh, a glioblastoma. And it oh. kind of put a lot of things into perspective. It's like, you know, life's too short um, to be, you know, chasing after. I want to be, you know, a national championship. Or you know, it's like, uh, you know, there's 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 more to life than that. So uh, that's when I took my master's degree and uh, uh, pivoted and and went uh, whole hog into technology. Yeah, that's it's amazing how some of those stories go. I mean, I know I was a journalism major and poli sci major so uh the jump into technology it doesn't really follow my <laughs> my uh my degrees there so no it's it's really interesting to see how people got to where they are uh because there's a lot of varied uh varied stories that have gotten people into technology over the you know within this career path so yeah that's that's awesome yeah i mean um, I, you know the uh <clears throat> You know, I'm dating myself, but I mean, I, I graduated from college in '81, uh, um, and uh, I mean, that's when the PCs came out. Sure. And you know, so the world as we know it today did not exist in '81. Right. Yeah. You know, no, no internet. No, I, I mean, just I mean, everything. Right. So to think about making a decision to get into technology, um, you know, um, let me go after a master's degree in computer science. Uh, you know, I I already had, I mean, my bachelor's was in math, so I was already predisposed to, uh, you know, some uh, technical uh, type field, but, um, you know, everybody at that point, my classmates that were in computer science were getting hired by IBM in Rochester, Minnesota. Yep. You know, that was the big deal. Oh, I got to work for I and, and back then IBM, that really meant something. <laughs> yeah. Big Blue was a big player back then. Yeah. I, I mean, you it's it, you can still say that nobody gets fired by buying IBM. I mean, I think that that still holds. Now, you know, whether or not that's great or not, uh yeah, it's yeah. still there's still truth to it. So yep. no, that's yeah. Yeah, IBM. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so, I mean, I guess what is like, 
like if you you know if you had to just give like one thing that you could say to new managers like what is that one takeaway or that one kind of earmark like golden rule uh, you know golden rule that you would uh you would kind of give to them or or kind of help guide them well i i mean i i think we've already discussed it i mean it's um you know at the end of the day it's it's all about um uh you know the people yeah Uh, and it's how you treat the people um and when you put their needs first um they can tell they'll they'll understand that and you know i i I used to uh when i was coaching i was i i prided myself i i um i ended up the last uh coaching i I was head coach at a community college down in florida and i prided myself in in the number of kids that graduated and i got placed into a four-year school Hmm. that felt good you know because i'm putting their interests um it didn't really do anything for me, but, uh, you know, for, for them and their, their goals, um, in life, you know, that, that was key. And, you know, I look at, uh, you know, at some of my, um, uh, prior technology roles and, and, uh, uh, one company I worked for in, in, uh, in Chicago, um, I, I had staff, I think it was around 44, 45 and 20 of them. Uh, I had promoted to multiple positions. And so, you know, really took, again, took that interest in them, what their goals were and, and help them evolve, uh, you know, and, and grow their career, get into new positions. Um, and, you know, 30 years later, I'm still in contact with some of them. Right. Uh, you know, I, I, I get Christmas notes and, <laughs> And updates on who's who's doing what and and, and so forth. So, you know, ha- investing yourself into into your people uh, is where you're going to get your biggest bang for the buck. Yeah, I I think a a, a takeaway for a good leader, right? Um, or it seems to be the good leaders will grow other leaders, right? Or grow careers of those that that work for them. Um, it's it's not about like necessarily accomplishing some action towards a product goal though you know obviously you need that in order to you know make money so you can stay in business but um to really grow the staff and and to hopefully see them towards really their goal sets right and and to understand what those are to begin with i think is is super important because um you know you're not always going to be there and if you can in the mind in somebody else's mind kind of the same philosophy that you have you're you're gonna you know there's gonna be an exponential takeaway to that so yeah i i agree i think that that's that's paramount and you know there's um uh it it may sound somewhat uh contrary to what what uh what you want but um because you want to keep your people but if somebody does leave, I was always happy for them. Yeah. Because for whatever, whatever their reasons are, I mean, whether it's, it's personal, you know, professional, it doesn't really matter. Maybe they just wanted to make more money and I couldn't pay them enough. Whatever the reason is, they found something that they felt good about 
and they decided to leave the company. And I, I, I said, hey, congratulations. Good for you. I'm happy for you. And I know uh, in particular one company, the CEO, he'd get furious. Mm. How dare they? <laughs> We've done so much for them. They should be loyal to us. Sure. It's like, you know what? I, I'm. Everybody's got uh, their own unique needs, uh, their interests. Um, and if if leaving to go somewhere uh, furthers, you know, whatever they want personally or professionally, God bless them. I'm happy yeah. for them. Uh, and, you know, I, I would, uh, you know, back to the golden rule, I would hope people would feel the same if I left. It's like, you know, Hey, good for you. I'm, I'm, I'm glad you're achieving, you know, whatever your next step or your next thing, uh, uh, in life may be again, you know, professional, personal, whatever it may be. Yeah, absolutely. I think <laughs> it, that kind of reminds me of, uh, Richard Branson, uh, Virgin Atlantic. I mean, his philosophy is to, you know, to, to grow, uh, to grow the trust of your, your, you know, to kind of basically to grow the trust of your employees. And if they decide to leave, then, um, you know, either you weren't doing a good enough job of keeping them around or, um, you know, it was just their time. So, you know, just to try to create a situation and try to grow them so that they want to stick around, not to force them to stick around because of some sort of like, you know, uh, I don't even know what you'd call it, some sort of like drive towards a specific company, right? It's yeah. uh, it's about their career and about their future and yeah. their life, not necessarily yeah. about the company they work for now. Yep. So, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it, you'll you'll often hear how many assistant coaches for Nick Saban at University of Alabama are now head coaches somewhere else. They, yeah, yeah, you know, absolutely. They, they talk about that all the time, right? And I think that's testament to what he does in his environment uh, to help people grow. Yeah, not to not to um, not to play up my my old alma mater either, but uh, Hayden, Hayden Fry was kind of the same way. I mean, Bob yeah. Stoops and yeah. uh, Kirk yeah. Ferentz, and I mean, there's a ton of coaches that came out from under him because he just built leaders. Um, he saw that you know whatever it happened to be in them, and he he tried to help them grow into that into that role. And I, I think that, yeah, that's, I mean, honestly, that's the sign of a good leader. And, and uh, I think that um, another uh, kind of book I've read towards that end, like the Toyota way, I don't know if you've ever had the opportunity to read that, but they really talk about, you know, growing from within because, you know, those people that are, that are within your company have an understanding of what your company starts or is, is about because they started from there and you really want to grow those people and keep them around um, because, you know, you, you need to grow those leaders. Uh, so yeah. they, you know, they, they follow suit as to, you know, what everyone else in the company kind of, uh, is, you know, trying to work towards. So, yeah, yeah. yeah that, 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 it, it always reminds me, of, um, there's a, um, there's an age old debate in hiring, uh, whether you hire skills first or values first. Mm. And, um, getting that right uh, makes a difference in what we were just talking about. Being able to yeah. grow those people, um, you know, within your company. There was a professor that I had when I was taking my master's program and he said that he didn't care what skills the person had as long as at the end of the day, when he was talking to them, 
they questioned, like they wanted to learn, right? If you want, if you get somebody that wants to learn, then they can be successful. If you get someone that's at the skill set that they're at and they're happy with being there, then, you know, they're, they're going to stick where they're at and they're not going to learn from you. So um, he always, he always said that when it came down to it, that he was always, always very in tune with those people that, that questioned things and, and wanted to learn from, you know, their mistakes yeah. Yeah. Um, because those were the people that were going to be successful for the company. So, yeah, yeah the, the, my my number one favorite interview question, um, and and this came a little bit later in my career. Um, it, I'm a skills first person. Like if you, sure. if you don't have the skills, you're not gonna. I, I'm not gonna try to teach you how to uh, write application code. <laughs> sure, sure. You, you know you need to have some baseline skill level, but. Um, I would always end each interview with uh, what's the latest thing that you've learned. Sure. And I, and I don't care. I mean, it, it could be, you know, everybody always thought I, I wanted something technical. No, I don't, I don't care. And I had one person tell me I learned how to ride a bike. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> you know, here's an adult person, you know, who just learned how to ride a bike, but um, I didn't, you know, it's like uh, to, to your last point of if, if, the people who could not answer that question did not have the curiosity to be able to try to move forward on something, try some new technology, try, you know, some new role, try, you know, I don't know, try something new because they were, you know, willing to learn or not willing to learn. Mm -hmm. And that, that one question for me ended up really dividing at the end of the day, once you pass the skill uh, barrier on, you know, who's going to make it, who wasn't going to make it. And then, yeah. as you said, you, you just, you grow them and, and yeah. uh, keep feeding them and uh, they'll be with you for quite a while. Well, John, thanks so much for coming on and, and speaking with me and um, maybe we'll uh, be able to, to steal you back here in the future as well and, and get a few more of your stories uh, about kicking chairs and how you, how you really set those up, you know, I mean, you, to make a good show. So, um, but thanks so much for joining.